Hello and welcome to the very first Ignatian Inquiry podcast by the Jesuit Schools Network. My name is Julia Andretta, and today our Ignatian Inquiry is into the world of Jesuit theater with our first guest, Father George Drance of the Society of Jesus. Father Drance has performed and directed performances in more than 20 countries on five continents, serving such companies as Teatro La Fragua in Honduras and Theater Yetu in Kenya. He is currently the artistic director of the critically acclaimed Magis Theatre Company, praised for its skill and daring, and best known for its stage adaptations of C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce and Kalidasa's Shakuntala and the Ring of Recognition. For the Ignatian year, Father Drance has launched JesuitTheatre.org, which aims to become the most comprehensive and convenient resource for finding out more about the tradition of Jesuit theater. And this year's sponsors The Vitus Project, an interactive look at the 16th century Jesuit play Vitus. JesuitTheater.org invites drama groups from schools to take part in the discussion, research, and creative response to this story about faith, witness, and conversion. Uh, so good evening in Kosovo, Father George. How are you doing today? Thank you. Doing quite well. Yeah, it's about um, six hours ahead of you in Kosovo, and we're just at the end of a workday uh, long rehearsal, but a good one. And uh, we open November 3rd, so it's an exciting day. Oh, awesome. And what play would that be? It's a new adaptation of Aeschylus' Oresteia, set in the Balkan Wars. Oh, so. Yeah, I'm playing Agamemnon, which is a, a great challenge and um, an honor, really. It's a, it's a tremendous role, a very complicated role in this situation. And uh, it's an exciting cast because there are seven of us from uh, the United States, from a group that I work with quite extensively, the Great Jones Repertory Company of La Mama Experimental mm -hmm. Theater Club downtown. And then we have uh, two actors from Serbia, one actor from Kosovo, uh, the playwright, the director from Kosovo, the composers from Italy, uh, the sound designers from also from Italy, the lighting designers from France. And so it's uh, it's it's really an exciting group to be working with. That's amazing. That sounds so cool. I love the Oristaya. Um, so that that just sounds like a lot of fun and incredible. Um, but so thank you. First and foremost, thank you for making the time to talk to me today. Um, in the midst of all of that, um, about Jesuit theater and in particular about the Jesuit theater project, JesuitTheater.org. Um, so to start out, can you just briefly tell me about the Jesuit theater project? Um, basically what is the elevator pitch? Sure. Well, when, um, the anniversary year came up, I was thinking about, well, what could we do to feature the traditions that, uh, really take their legacy from what it is that we're celebrating this year. Ignatian spirituality is so much a part of people's lives in many, many different ways. And a lot of people are not aware of how much Ignatian spirituality and theater are tied together, even theater practitioners or even people who are very much into Ignatian spirituality. They're not aware of that connection. But uh, as an actor and uh, someone who was an actor before he was a Jesuit, when I was first attracted to the society, it was through those connections with uh, a craft that I already loved and finding out that there was a spirituality that was based in some of the same things that, that theater aims at doing. Uh, what I found really uh, fascinating about 
that was uh, was just the way in which uh, Ignatius used the imagination, uh, really consecrated the senses to prayer, and uh, and allowed a lot of the playfulness that happens in theater to enter into uh, the, the spiritual exercises and really a deepening of a personal relationship with Christ or a personal experience of the story that I'm contemplating. So all of that is the, the preamble. Uh, the, the elevator speech would be, uh, right now, it seems that there are no single sources to go to to find out about Jesuit theater. If you Google Jesuit theater, it gives you scholarly articles, it gives you theater groups, it gives you schools, but there's no place where they all come together. And what the Jesuit theater project is aiming at doing is creating a nexus for practicing theater artists who follow in the Jesuit tradition, Jesuits and collaborators uh, for schools who are interested in this to come to one place and uh, find that as a starting off point for discussions, for creative projects, and for just a kind of uh, fruitful conversation that might actually, you know, bring about some uh, some innovation, some uh, curiosity about the tradition, a, a way to enter into the Ignatian year uh, for people who might be more uh, in the arts uh, and approaching it from that way. Absolutely. Um, well, I can, as as someone who works for the Jesuit Schools Network, I can definitely <laughs> sympathize with the the, the desire to co connect people um, under a under a shared sort of interest and vision. And that is fascinating to me that uh, there isn't really that single nexus um, yet. Uh, well, I guess there is now, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's it's kind of fascinating to me that that um, this is just now coming about um, because the early Jesuits, as you mentioned, used theater as a tool of evangelization and of um, faith. So could you tell us a little bit about how um, the early Jesuits used theater? Sure. Well, in the Jesuit schools, which uh, we came into by way of really finding places where we could be of service uh, where we could really give the spiritual exercises in the formula of the Institute of the Jesuits. It talks about, you know, being able to work for the greater glory of God and the salvation of souls, uh, for the good of souls. And the good of souls happened through, according to the formula of the Institute, various ministries of the word. Mm -hmm. So that would include preaching, that would include lectures, but then theater, uh, John O'Malley, uh, the Jesuit historian, talked about how theater was part of that ministry of the word. So the Jesuit schools, at the end of the, the year, they would look for a way in which all of the students could get together on one single thing that would unite them, where people from the history class, the Latin class, the rhetoric class, even the science class could work on one project. And so the schools became famous for these plays that were performed, uh, that were dealing with some very, very philosophical material and uh, presenting it in a way that entertained people and really spoke to their hearts, not just to their minds. And it was that way in which uh, uh, really these two worlds came together that I think the Jesuits began to influence even the development of some of the Baroque playwrights. Uh, Calderon de la Barca was Jesuit, was Jesuit trained, as was uh, Lope de Vega, uh, Racine, uh, Cornet in France, Moliere, 
uh, you know, a lot of the great playwrights of that age were either students at Jesuit schools or had studied uh, at Jesuit schools for a period of time. And so a lot of that attention to detail, uh, a kind of an overarching view of the world, uh, bringing really philosophical questions into the, the storyline was something that was hallmark of Jesuit education. In fact, there was, uh, there were times during the puritanical reforms when the theaters were closed that um, the Jesuit schools were one of the only places where you could go to see theater during that time. And so it kind of filled yeah. in a little bit of a, of a gap. Um, I really love to hear about that connection. And one of my favorite stories is uh, something that Daniel Berrigan told me. Uh, Daniel Berrigan was an activist and poet and playwright Mm -hmm. uh, probably best known for being part of the, the Catonsville Nine and, and uh, writing a play about uh, the trial of the Catonsville Nine. He did uh, the movie The Mission with mm -hmm. uh, Robert De Niro and Liam Neeson. And in the course of his conversations with Liam Neeson, uh, he talked about Jesuit spirituality. He was kind of like a Jesuit advisor to these men that were playing Jesuits. And so what would prayer be like? And and they were astounded to hear that it was so imaginative, that it was so much into uh, a kind of a, a creative use of contemplation to enter into the scene. And at one point, uh, Liam Neeson said to, now I'm not sure if this is exactly true, but or if it's war, <laughs> but this is the way Dan told me. Uh, mm -hmm. Liam Neeson said, it sounds a lot like Stanislavski method. And, uh, <laughs> and it's true. Uh, yeah. And, Dan went as well uh, to, to say, well, you know, the Jesuits during the suppression were accepted into Russia. So mm -hmm. he wouldn't be surprised if Stanislavski was influenced by uh, Jesuit spirituality and Jesuit education, because a lot of the same things really come into that. And if you look at the spirituality page on uh, JesuitTheater.org, you'll see some of those connections, you know, something like the composition of place that we do in a contemplation is exactly like what Stanislavski calls the passive imagination. And then uh, the, the contemplation and the colloquy that happens is what Stanislavski calls the active imagination. So um, there's a lot of a lot of similarities, and it's very exciting to be able to present them in a way that people can access them and celebrate them and put them into practice. Absolutely, I remember having that exact same experience of like when I learned what the exercises were and what uh, Jesuit spirituality was like. I had this exact same like that's very creative. Like I was so like I was um, astounded. Creative writing is something that I do in my free time. And I was just, I was just very like, um, I was very like excited and happy to hear, to hear that these methods were so imaginative as opposed to what I had been taught from my childhood, what prayer should be like. Um, and so that's, that's so, and I hadn't made the Stanislavski connection, but as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, that is so true. <laughs> like, that's really, that's really funny. Um, yeah, it is. And cool. It's, yeah. It's very cool to see that, you know, something that begins in one realm, it 
just resonates with people in so many different levels mm -hmm. and then inspires them to share it. And that brings about its own application and something else. And before you know it, there's this really beautiful network that's created. And that's one of the things that, again, you know, being part of the Jesuit schools network, I'm sure you see a lot of sharing of ideas and best practices and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And so that's hopefully what we're hoping that this site becomes is a little bit more of a, of a place for people to share and to exchange ideas and to get inspired. Absolutely. Um, and so there is a play too at the center of, um, Jesuit theater project or Jesuit theater.org is, isn't there. Um, yes. Um, and how, the, yeah. Talk about that and how it, uh, promotes awareness of the Ignatian year. Sure. Well, the Ignatian year focuses around the event of Ignatius convalescence after the battle of Pamplona, when, uh, during his healing from the wound that he received, uh, from the, the strike of that cannonball that, that broke his leg. Uh, he was, as as uh, he says in his autobiography, he was convalescing and there were only two books that were given to him. There was uh, The Lives of the Saints and uh, The Imitation of Christ. And in, um, in looking at those things, he began to uh, experience his own change of heart. And I think that's really what we're celebrating this year is how do hearts change? And how is it that we can respond to a loving invitation from God that is constantly calling us, our world, uh, the Society of Jesus, to really open our hearts more and more to where God's heart is today, where God's heart is for the future. So what's interesting about this play is it's about a young Christian who opens his heart to God and converts to Christianity in spite of his family's objections. He goes against the will of his parents to convert to Christianity and becomes a very powerful healer. The emperor Diocletian's son, Valerius, is sick. And after exhausting all the means that are possible to heal him, he hears of this gifted healer and asks him to come. And of course, Vitus comes and cures uh, the son of Diocletian, is accepted into the court. But then be, begins, begins to uh, spark the jealousy of the courtiers who really don't know why this Christian is being treated so well. And there is uh, a persecution that's going on. So uh, it puts it in this context of where, uh, where is my heart for Christ uh, in good times and in bad? Uh, am, I, am I only a Christian when it's to my advantage or when things get... Uh, a little bit challenging. Uh, am I able to really sink down and find solace in my faith and find strength in my faith and find the ability to continue to witness? So there's uh, the conversion of Vitus himself, which is interesting enough. But one of the reasons why I like this play uh, very much is that in the middle of it, there is a play within a play about the conversion of St. Genesius. Hmm. who is the patron saint of actors. Gen Genesius oh, was cool. the first. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really wild. Um, he was the first stand-up comic who gave his life for Christ. And uh, <laughs> in, in the middle of this play that uh, mocks Christian baptism, what happens is uh, through it, Genesius experiences a true baptism. 
and his heart is changed uh, just by the words and uh, the operation of the sacrament. He has this vision of angels that really explain to him what's going on, and, and he witnesses to the emperor and is martyred for that right there in the middle of the performance. So it's a wild scene and it's a wild play. There are so many features of it that are challenging, but also very interesting when you dig a little bit deeper. At the first glance of it, you look, oh my goodness, this is the most staid melodramatic piece of work that I've ever seen in my life. But if you can understand that that style was written for uh, students that were beginning to understand what it was to speak in public. Then you say, mm -hmm. oh, this speech is showing them that rhetorical form, or this speech is showing them how these particular ways of looking at a text or composing a speech. So it's almost a case study for what Jesuit education would have been like then. There are also these things in um, some of the longer scenes where you see, <laughs> it's almost as if they're reporting on their homework, where they're telling you, <laughs> Uh, something about the mythology, something about the history. Mm -hmm. uh, Vitus himself gives a very concise history of uh, the Christian persecutions and uh, what that had meant for the Christian community. So um, at first glance, the play looks very staid and, and stilted and oh my goodness. But <laughs> when you get into it, and when you understand where it's coming from and what it's aiming at, uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of fun. Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like that is common with a lot of um, a lot of older texts and a lot of, of in particular plays um, where maybe in your, on your first pass, you think, OK, this is a little this is a little cheesy. But um, it's, it is kind of that same thing of like when you start to use your imagination, when you start to put yourself in that place, because if we're if we're being honest, there are Bible stories that are like that, you know where it's like, oh, this is a little bit much, but when you start to kind of really put yourself in that place and think about it, um, it becomes a lot more dynamic and takes on a life of its own. Absolutely. And it's no more unbelievable than Guardians of the Galaxy or right. the Avengers. Or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, we, we seem to reinvent mythology for ourselves in every age. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to look back to um, what the storytelling was like of a previous age. One mm -hmm. of the things that interests me most about the theater is the continuity of thought and the continuity of experience that really is passed down from generation to generation through these texts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a contemporary disdain for uh, ancient texts really cuts off a continuity that really could be very fulfilling for us or mm -hmm. very inspiring for us. So that's one of the other things that I like about it is it really gets us to a different moment where something else was going on in the world. Um, it was a very different place, but in a very human sense, there were many of the same things that were happening as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so if a Jesuit school's fine arts or theater department uh, wants to participate in a Jesuit theater project, or maybe even like a Jesuit school's theology or religious studies department uh, wants to participate in the Jesuit theater project, how can they go about doing that? Uh, well, first, they could uh, log on to the website, which is uh, Jesuit Theater. That's theater spelled T-H-E-A-T-E-R uh, mm -hmm. dot org. So 
all one word, jesuittheater.org. Uh, they'll find uh, several different pages that can direct them. There is one page that is devoted particularly to the project. It mm -hmm. gives a brief outline of the play and uh, suggests some ways in which people could do it. A theology teacher could, you know, lift particular texts and have students go over them in class, looking at some of the theological underpinnings of what it meant. Uh, what was the Christian community suffering during persecution? Uh, what are some of the theological arguments that are happening? Because again, this was at the time of the Counter-Reformation, where in a lot of this text, not only are these young students being uh, taught how to speak publicly, but they're also being taught how to answer some of the objections about Catholicism that were coming from the reformers. So if you wanted to look at it that, if you wanted to look at, well, where do you see uh, you know, a theology teacher could could uh, unpack some of that. Uh, campus ministry could find it as a way of animating students uh, in the Ignatian year, just kind of playing around with scenes or, um, you know, if, if people just wanted to do that one scene of the play in the play, you know, a, yeah. a lot of schools, I'm not sure if the Jesuit schools do, but um, there are St. Genesius societies in a lot of Catholic schools uh, around the country and, uh, you know, if a school has a St. Genesia Society, they might really enjoy doing this very, very short scene. So there are a lot of ways in which the project is very flexible and it could be tailored to the needs of any particular school. There's no need to do a full production, although if someone had the ambition and the drive to do that, it could be a lot of fun. But there are ways in which it could be done in classrooms, it could be done as part of a club, it could be done as something extracurricular, even as part of a retreat program. Mm. There's also a feature on the site, which is a discussion board. So students, teachers can post topics, and then anyone who logs onto the site can join the discussion by commenting on that, uh, raising new threads for discussions, posting pictures, what would be great is if anyone who was involved in this over the course of the Ignatian year would post pictures or say, here's what we did at our school so that other people could look at that and say, oh, well, we haven't done this yet, but we're hoping to do it next semester. And so to get ideas from each other, see pictures, uh, maybe even connect schools that are trying to find out uh, different ways of really connecting their um, their ministry in the school with the arts or connecting their arts program with uh, some means of introducing concepts of Ignatius spirituality. Absolutely. Well, it sounds awesome. Um, and I'm so excited for it. And I'm sure you are too. Um, so where can listeners go if they would like to learn more or where can they, how can they contact you if they would like to follow up with you in any way? Sure. Well, um, the website is uh, jesuittheater.org. That's J-E-S-U-I-T-T-H-E-A-T-E-R.org. And that'll take them to the site. Uh, the welcome page has a little bit about the project. There's a page about history that has some resources if you're interested in Jesuit history. There's a current page that features the work of Jesuits and Jesuit collaborators that are still involved in the theater. Okay. The project page talks more about the Vitus project. 
the spirituality page talks a little bit about those connections that we featured. And then if you want to get in contact with me, there's a contact page and you could send an email to me or to Magis Theatre Company. Uh, Magis is the company that sponsors the Jesuit Theatre Project. And uh, we actually sponsor a number of other things. One of the things that we're doing as well is something called the Odyssey Project, where we're taking a script of the Odyssey and working on it with uh, men in prisons as uh, mm -hmm. kind of a, a way of looking at o Odysseus's journey through life about making choices as a metaphor for some of the choices that uh, these men are facing with uh, with imprisonment and uh, eventually with their being reincorporated into society. Mm -hmm. So you could find out more about uh, Magus Theater that way as well. If you have any questions, uh, you can go to our contact page and um, leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. All right. Well, um, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you for uh, agreeing to speak with me today. It's been extremely um, fascinating <laughs> for me and I'm sure for everyone who's listened along. Um, thank I, you, it's been yeah. a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So you take good care. All right, you too. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Ignatian Inquiry Podcast by the Jesuit Schools Network. This episode of the Ignatian Inquiry Podcast was hosted, recorded, edited, and produced by Julia Andretta and directed by Father Robert Reiser of the Society of Jesus. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Jesuit Schools Network, please visit www.jesuitschoolsnetwork.org. Stay curious and set the world on fire.